It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, hope you're doing all right today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's to get an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Turning Stone Resort and Casino and their next live boxing event, which is October 21st. It's an HBO event. I'm going to be ringside, and you should be too. What a great card uh, we will see. So come on uh, up to the Turning Stone Get yourself some tickets right now. You can get to the Turning Stone box office uh, online by visiting our website, billycboxing.com, and clicking on the Turning Stone banner, which is down on the right-hand side, uh, or just go to turningstone.com and go into the, uh, you know, the box office. Make sure you tell them Billy C. sent you. And today's show uh, is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of it right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just go to uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant uh, about uh, getting uh, you educated on my man Tom Molino. And by the way, if you're looking to get a signed copy, uh, don't worry about that. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. Or just come up and see me. Uh, at the Turning Stone on October 21st, I will have some copies with me. And by the way, speaking of signed copies, I screwed up uh, two weeks ago. Uh, I ordered the same order of books twice. So I got an abundance of them right now. And that's going to benefit you because if you order a book uh, anyway, any, any way, uh, anywhere between uh, now, or I should say any time between now and the end of the month, uh, which is Halloween, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I will sell you, as long as you're in the United States, a copy, including shipping, signed for 20 bucks a piece. So uh, uh, drop me an email if you're interested in that. Billy at Talkin' Boxing, dot com. On today's show, a little bit later, we will have uh, Dax Khan join us. Uh, we also uh, uh, are going to talk a little bit about the heavyweight division, um, I, you know, some things uh, crossed my mind uh, this weekend when I was going through uh, 
uh, the fights and, and so on and so forth. Especially, I got some more heavyweight news to talk about. Some more uh, uh, BS out of uh, Deontay Fraud Weiler's mouth. Um, so all of that's going to come up in a little bit. But Foist, the World Boxing Super Series, I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, although I picked him to win, I wasn't too, too keen on Chris Eubank Jr. But man, did he score a spectacular knockout over uh, Anvi Yildrum uh, over the weekend or not? He hands Yildrum his first loss. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr. improves to 26-1 and with 20 knockouts. Uh, and he picked up his 20th with a third-round knockout. Uh, which was uh, which was a brutal knock, and I mean, he just dropped this guy, and uh, the referee waved it off immediately. Uh, the World Boxing Super Series uh, has uh, given us uh, uh, two really good knockouts now. Uh, one in the uh, cruiserweight division, one in uh, the super middleweight division from this week. So, uh, joining me right now uh, from St. Simon's Island, Georgia, is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. And Sal, did you get a chance? To see uh, Chris Eubanks' uh, knockout over uh, Mr. Robot, Anvi uh, Yildrum. <laughs> you know, I called that fight, too, for uh, Eubank. But I'll tell you what, uh, that's queued up. I'm going to uh, watch that knockout right away after the show. Oh, I, was so watching the oh. I was watching Corolla and Burns, All right, well, uh, which was a very good, good fight as well. well. We, I, didn't, but, uh, I didn't get to that one yet. Um, and actually, I don't even have it. Tell us about that one, Sal. Go ahead. You tell us about Crawler Ricky Burns. Yeah, I know Crawler won. Crawler won the fight. But go ahead. Tell. Give us the. Okay, Crawler won the fight. But I'll tell you what. Uh, It was a good fight. Uh, I think Ricky Burns was just maybe a little bit uh, too tentative, and and and, you know they they were not having to look for each other. They met in the middle of the ring. Could have been fought in a phone booth, and it was a great exchange. Hello. Yeah, your your sound just we just lost uh, uh, Sal's sound, but uh, we'll get back to him in one second. I apologize for that. Um, but uh, I, one other fight, uh, Sal was telling us about uh, Ricky Burns and uh, um, and uh, uh, Anthony Crawler's fight. Uh, so we will uh, get back to him in a second here. Uh, but some other fights that I wanted to take a, a look at was uh, from Friday night, actually. Uh, Christian Gonzalez um, coming back from his first loss, uh, or which took place earlier this year, got back on the winning track when he fought an eight-round unanimous decision over former world champ uh, Gamiel Diaz uh, to improve to 18-1 and with 15 knockouts. Diaz drops to 40-18. and uh, It was a tough fight, uh, but uh, uh, Chimpa gets back uh, on track. Sal, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Something's up with you your video. Me? It's very, uh, very, very unfiltered. But go ahead. Finish telling us about Anthony Corrala and Ricky Burns. Great fight. I mean, it was a very good fight. It was Some rounds were very close, and it looked like Corrala uh, was able to steal some of the rounds that I was leaning first towards Ricky Burns. Ricky Burns just uh, at, at times looked like he was engaging and looked like he was uh, going to win a round. But Corrala came back with some good body shots and kept himself in the pocket to f- fit the exchange there. Uh, like I said, it was a good fight. 
I do give the fight uh, unanimously to Krulla, and uh, he got a lot of the middle rounds, and uh, he just kept coming up, and uh, he was a little stronger, but great fight, great exchange. They never had to look for each other, and, uh, you know, you had the great jab from Ricky Burns. He had a good jab, solid, you know, but, uh, uh, again, Krulla was able to get around it, hit him with some good body shots, and uh, I think that was the difference was uh, Krulla was going to the body a little bit more, and he was a little more effective with that. Well, as uh, Sal uh, scores it, well, the official scoring was the same. Unanimous decision for Anthony Crawler, uh, giving him. Uh, this was a battle between two former world champs, so we'll see what happens uh, next for each of them. Another fight I wanted to take a look at actually got me thinking uh, a lot about the uh, um, heavyweight division. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about the heavyweights and a lot of he said, she said, and, you know, uh, we, we got that whole situation with Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz and something just doesn't smell right. And then Deontay Wilder can't, uh, you know, keep his hands off his Twitter account. And he keeps, uh, uh, you know, saying everybody's afraid of him, which is not the case. I mean, please. <laughs> um, but uh, let's take a look. First and foremost, a fight that uh, took place uh uh, early uh, Saturday, if, if you're here in the States. Uh, Osborne uh, Machamena um, wins the uh, uh, South African heavyweight title uh, against Justice Silga, which, I, you know, I, the only reason why I'm mentioning this fight is because I want to try and take a look at heavyweights that are that are in the mix based on their records and experience level, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, considering that Deontay Wilder likes to pick, you know, uh, fighters that aren't good to fight um i just hope he doesn't pick osborne uh, machamena uh because machamena uh weighed over 300 pounds he's uh 39 years old uh six foot three and a half inches tall uh his record is 23 wins 10 losses and two draws he's got 17 knockouts of his 23 wins and he himself was knocked out six times of his 10 losses the computer sees him at 162. I would hope that uh, Deontay Wilder doesn't even think of this guy and not that he has thought of this guy, but I just wanted to mention because it's uh, a segue into this guy. Sam Sexton um, improved to 24-3 and with nine knockouts when he scored a unanimous 12-round decision over Gary Cornish. Gary Cornish drops to 24-2. and um, it took place in Scotland uh, on the uh, uh, on the uh, undercard, I believe, of the Anti Corolla and Ricky Burns fight. 116, 116-113, 115-114, all in favor of Sam Sexton. Now, I, I want to take a look at Sam Sexton because this is a name that kind of popped up. I, I remember Sam Sexton when he fought Martin Rogan, and I loved that whole Martin Rogan uh, two-fight uh, series that he had. I, I was a fan of Martin Rogan, uh, Irish uh, fighter that uh, turned out just to be uh, <clears throat> a brute. But uh, in any event, Sam Sexton, he's got a record right now, uh, like I said, of uh, uh, 24 wins and three losses, nine coming by knockouts. His three losses all uh, came by knockout. He was stopped not once but twice by Derek Chisora. And David Price, when David Price was was on a tear, um, this guy is uh, uh, got a couple of good wins. Larry Olawambo and uh, his latest win uh, against Gary Cornish. Uh, he also had the two wins against Martin Rogan. Um, 
Here's the thing. He's not ranked in any of the major sanctioning bodies, but yet he's ranked in the top 15. Uh, you know, I'm saying he's not ranked in any of the uh, sanctioning bodies in their top 15. Uh, the computer sees him at number 55, but here's the reason why I'm bringing him up. Sam Sexton is a tough guy, Sal, and there's a young fighter named Otto Whalen who happens to be uh, in the top 15 of all three of the sanctioning bodies, the number 11 at the WBA, number 13 at the IBF, and number 14 in the WBO. Otto Whalen is 26 years old, seven years younger than Sam Sexton. He's a southpaw. Uh, he's a little taller at 6'5 and a half. Um, Sam Sexton's 6'2". Um, his career is sh uh, four years... Um, I'm sorry, eight years shorter than Sam Sexton. And his level of opposition isn't that good. I mean, he beat the same guy we're talking about in South Africa, Osborne Machimera, um, won an eight-round decision against a 300-pounder. Uh, and he beat uh, Rafael, uh, Rafael Zambrano Love, who's a, pretty much a journeyman. But aside from that, he hasn't fought anybody. I don't understand how, um, you know, the sanctioning bodies have him ranked in their top 15 and they've kind of not even taken a look at Sam Sexton, who's, um, you know, not as, uh, he's not a, a fluff kind of a fighter, uh, but he certainly has been active uh, since his uh, since his pro debut back in uh, 2005. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, they're, you know to say that the, the boxing game does not have politics would be uh, hypocritical. And, and the bottom line is there are politics. There are means and leverage uh, that you can leverage your fighter uh, into the rankings and, and uh, have them looked upon as being more favorable than other fighters that have possibly had some decent fights against some formidable opponents. And, you know, it's it's part of the game, Billy. I mean, it takes money to run the game. It's a business. And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes people just appear in rankings and, uh, you know, they try to validate it by who has he fought. But uh, many times it could show with an undefeated record or a record with a few losses. And it's just a matter of uh, who you know and how you leverage it up there. There are those fighters that do earn it and do work it. And those, needless to be said, is are, are, are the true champs that have come up. Uh, so there's some fighters up there that do have the fluff without the stuff. So, Sal, what are you saying? You've rambled on, uh, but what are you saying? That the uh, that that <laughs> he knows somebody, that he that he put some greenbacks in somebody's hands to get in the top 15? Because yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I think. Big, 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 big. Yeah, there you go. All right, you, all you, right. you, you, you could almost buy your way into something. Uh, okay. Right? That, that's okay? that's I, what I was going to say. Okay. I agree. I said it, Bill. All right. I said it. And that's what we, the that, that's what we want. You could actually pay your way to buy yourself into a ranking. It's not all on your merit. Thank Did you. Thank you. Thank that's you. what I want to hear because that's okay. the truth. That's the truth. We don't need we don't need to hear we don't need to hear more smoke screens, especially from no. anybody on this show, because we certainly get it from all the fighters and the promoters and yeah, the managers. We, do. we don't right. need it, that's Sal. True. You so you call it like it is, and I agree with you. This guy uh was positioned in the uh uh, rankings. Uh, maybe somebody uh, slipped someone else uh, an envelope with some greenbacks in it. Maybe they cut a deal. I don't know. But you know what? I would like to assume, and I would certainly like to think, that fighters get ranked based on their ability, not on deals that they cut. It's uh, it's pretty sickening uh, when you uh, when you think about it. I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, 
is that a fighter, like anything else, like in the world, Sal, you should politics, get a promotion. Bill, well, politics. forget politics, but you should get a, a, a job. Let's say you work, uh, if you and I are in the same job and you get a promotion because you know the boss and I don't, uh, and I'm a better worker. Well, that's not fair to me. You know, if you're the True. better, if you're the better worker, and you know the boss. Well, then that's why you got the uh, the promotion. That's the way it should be. I mean, I, the same thing in boxing. People should earn their spots and the story. I agree, and uh, that's the way it should be. But we do know the fact that uh, that's not the way it always is. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. You can buy it away. You can, I mean, you have the money, you have the power, you have the leverage, you have the connections. You can get ranked. You can, you can uh, be positioned. And that's how some of these fighters automatically you'll see them uh, one day out of the top ten. Boom. Next day they're in the top ten. And uh, sooner or later you see them ranked number one and in line for a title shot. That's it. Yeah, it's a joke. Um, back to uh, Chris Eubank. You know, uh, on Friday when we were breaking down the fights, uh, I, um, you know, I, I said he wasn't impressive. You know, I said he wasn't impressive. He, he's won some close fights. His loss was at the hands of Billy Joe Saunders. I'm not impressed with Billy Joe Saunders at all. Like, not even a little. He never have been. Um, right. Not even, not even a little. Uh, no. But I'll tell you something. After this knockout, and I'm not saying Yildirim was uh, a world beater. I mean, he was undefeated at 16-0 and going into the fight. And he did bring something to the table and I and I and we talked about it last week I, I thought it was uh, going to be a close fight but Chris Eubank Jr. made it not so uh, you know knocking him out uh, in uh, highlight real fashion in the third round uh, to uh, improve to 26 and one at the end of the fight Sal he had a quote and basically it was a message to all the other super weight, uh, super middleweights in the uh, uh, World Boxing Super Series, uh, Chris Eubank Jr. and I said, uh, said, and I quote, I am here to dominate this tournament. I'm sending a message out there that I'm coming. I'll tell you what, he certainly seemed it. What do you think? Well, I think he did. And, and when I looked at the fight last week, I had a good feeling that Chris Eubank would come out uh Victorious, and uh, you know, not saying that the that the Stillman's uh, record was padded at sixteen and zero or so, but you know that 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 does say, you know, he doesn't have a world of experience. We don't know how many times he might have gotten hurt during a fight and how many times he came back. So, I think his his uh, maybe inexperience with some of the fight numbers, you know, I I use that as a as a leverage or as as an indicator as far as how I was going to choose. Um, Chris Eubank Jr. to be victorious and proved to be true. Well, you know, it's hard to go. You see, fans today have a tendency to do what you just, how you just danced around that question. I, the, the truth of the matter is, is that you can't always go by just the numbers of a record. I mean, for example. No, you can't. No, but, but, no, no, but when, I, when I'm carrying it further than what you yeah. said, like just because a guy is undefeated, 16-0, and 0, doesn't mean he's good just because he's only got 16 fights doesn't mean he's bad you know no, it um, does not. I, because look at Vasily Lomachenko you know uh, these guys that fight in other countries outside the U.S. that have a more defined and successful amateur career where they're fighting longer in the worldwide uh, tournament level um, you know tournaments uh, these guys are facing top-notch opposition more so than some of the 
the slugs that pros get fed, uh, specifically here in the States, to pad their records. We talked in depth about Deontay Wilder last week, and he's a prime example. Yes, he fought in the amateurs. Yes, he won a bronze medal at the, at the Olympics. But the guy really hasn't fought anyone tough. And at the end of the day, Sal, I, I don't care what anyone else thinks. You got to fight good opposition to get better. Otherwise, you're going through the motions. It's like you're in a gym working out, except with live bodies. I agree with you 100%. And one thing with the amateurs, though, is also when you look at a fighter with as few fights as 16 or so, you built a record and you have a record in the amateurs on a three-round basis. A main event or 10 or 12 rounds, it, it's a different pace. And, you know, if you could get all that experience to prepare yourself and go the distance for that length of time and to know how to win the rounds and do that, then you have that world experience that you did get in the amateurs. But, uh, you know, that's the major difference is preparing and go, making what you can do inside of three rounds over the length of a time of a 10-round main event or a 12-round title fight. Uh, but 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 you're right, and I agree. We're gonna take a short break. When we come back, I got um, we got in emails to read and stuff, which I'm gonna get to a little later. But I got one from uh, my man Willie, who uh, opened uh, and directed opened my eyes and directed me to uh, uh, a report that came out. That I don't know if it's true or not, but it's interesting. So hold that thought. We'll be back uh, in about two. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, how about stopping by and hanging out with me? October 21st, I'm going to be ringside up at the Turning Stone Resort and Casino. Uh, HBO Boxing will be there. And uh, Jezreel Corrales and uh, uh, my man, well, he's going to be the main event. Uh, but uh, Demetrius Andre uh, was announced that he's going to be on that card too as a co-feature. Uh, and I'm looking forward to both of those guys fighting, uh, seeing them live. So come on and get yourself some tickets. Demand a Billy C. discount. Let me know where you're sitting. Drop me an email, Billy at TalkinBoxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. And uh, I'll do my bestest to come find you and talk a little boxing. So I'm here with uh, my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. And uh, Sal, I, are you ready for uh, some interesting uh, news? I am. And, and I want to tell you, one day I'm going to surprise you, and I'm going to fly up to an event like that and uh, sit right next alongside you, and we're going to be doing looking at those fights together. Yeah, that would, that would definitely surprise me almost <laughs> as much as you not trying to cram all the fights in when you wake up in the morning in between your breakfast and all your coffee you're drinking and all of that. You know, I mean, uh, I watch you eat. I get hungry watching you in the in on your camera feed. I'm, I'm sitting a little here no, I'm a little nauseous this morning. I had to put something in my stomach. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm it, nauseous. You know what? It's Trust me, I'm a little nauseous. Day, probably from my two-day-old coffee that was left in my pot. 
I, I didn't have any more coffee, so I had to brew this, uh, re-brew it. it. It was like uh, I just put it in a pot and I boiled the heck out of it. So Trust that's me, what I'm I, drinking, two-day-old coffee. Trust me, I'm a little nauseous myself today. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, um, my man Willie, uh, who's in the chat room a lot. Uh, actually, he's in the chat room right now. Um, and if you're watching or listening to the show, the chat room that we respond to is up on BillyCBoxing.com. He sent me a, a heads up. It was a link to... Uh, uh, a, a, an article that says Vitaly Klitschko uh, vows to return the ring and avenge his brother's loss to Anthony wow. Joshua. So wow. uh, he says, hey, Billy C., I thought you might be interested in this to talk on, on the show. Yeah, I was interested in this wow. because I didn't see yeah. it. I didn't see it anywhere else. And I did look at the link. It was out of a, a, a British uh, paper. And uh, according to this uh, article, um, after uh, uh, Vladimir Klitschko was stopped uh, at the hands of, in my opinion, the best heavyweight uh, in the uh, business today in Anthony Joshua, uh, Vitaly Klitschko, who's 46 years old uh, and hasn't fought since 2012. You know, when Dax was talking about um, the, uh, the potential candidates for the Hall of Fame this year. Vitaly Klitschko made the ballot. It's been his uh, fifth year out of the ring. And uh, according to Valley, uh, Vitaly, he wants to uh, uh, avenge uh, Vladimir, his little, his little brother's loss. He said, and I quote, I miss boxing very much. Boxing will always stay in my heart for my whole life. A fight against Joshua is my best wish. I have a feeling I can do it better. I have to fight Joshua and bring the belt back to my family. Vladimir was for a long time the best heavyweight in the world. Joshua stopped him, and this means he's the best one now. But that was just a lucky fight, a lucky night for Anthony Joshua. Uh, he also feels, Vitaly also feels responsible uh, uh, for, for uh, Vladimir losing the fight because of some instruction he gave him. During the fight, he says, I expected a big muscled athlete not to be able to recover, but I was surprised. Joshua recovered so fast and stopped Vladimir. If I didn't tell him to stop, then Vladimir would have knocked him out in round six or maybe round seven. So according to this, uh, it sounds like uh, Vitaly Klitschko told his brother to take it easy that, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua was on the verge of being knocked out. And we all know what uh, happened after that. Uh, returning to the ring, the possibility of returning to the ring, Vitaly Klitschko, a guy who's been successful in politics uh, since his retirement to boxing. Sal, what's your thoughts? Will Vitaly Klitschko return? And will he get a fight with Anthony Joshua? And quite honestly, he shouldn't be allowed to get a fight immediately with Anthony Joshua. But that's another story. What's your thoughts on the whole situation? Well, you know, you you really struck a couple nerves here, and I'll tell you what. At 46 years of age, yeah, he's capable of doing that. I mean, look at uh, George Foreman coming back, and I think he earned a heavyweight shot knocking out Michael Moore when he was 45. Uh, so 46, and I, I think Vitaly has always kept himself in decent shape, uh, number one. Number two, it's only been four or five years since his last fight. Uh, so he's got that going for him. Some of these fighters today, they take off a year or two in between fights and they're still active in a career. Number three, no, 
he should not get a title shot earning his way back just by announcing he's going to come back against uh, against uh, Anthony Joshua. He's got to have a preliminary uh, preliminary fight. He's got to work his way up, I think. And uh, eventually, can he get a title shot? And by the time he does, should that fight be uh, – uh, should Anthony Joshua still be the world champion? Uh, from what the – pool of the heavyweights out there today it's easy to say that he should be but the bottom line is we don't know what's going to happen because like, like i said any given night a fighter could lose uh one fighter could win uh i think it's a great i love the scenario now if he comes back right away gets a 10 round non-title fight just to prove a point and see that hey go ahead do it let's see it happen and then that will force probably an issue to go for a title fight that's the way to do it Sal, Rocky, Senecola, Sally, Sally, Sally. Okay, where you am say, I? First of, all, first of all, <laughs> I, just listen, I'm just going to repeat a couple of things you said. You said, first of all, it's only been five years since his last fight. Well, this, uh, boys and girls, this, this, boys and girls, comes from a guy who made a comeback after 25 years. So I, that doesn't surprise months. me. That doesn't surprise me that uh, Sal would say that. It also doesn't surprise me that Sal is way beyond 50 years old, that he would make a statement like, he's only 46 <laughs> years old. He's just a baby. He's just starting out. He's in his prime. He's, he's, his just, prime. he's on the peak. He's just over the top of the prime. You know, I, I, you know, <laughs> I, you know here, here, here's, here's one thing, and I would say this, and I mean this with all sincerity. I would like to see, if Vitaly Klitschko came back, which I wouldn't want to see. But if he did, if he did, I would like him to go and fight Deontay Wilder right away because I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, he doesn't deserve a shot with the best heavyweight on the planet right now being no, Anthony, Anthony Joshua. But if he wants a fast track to a title, and remember something, he held the WBC belt uh, for a long time. So I'm sure he could cut a deal with uh, Mauricio Suleiman uh, to get a shot at Deontay Wilder's uh, title, all right? And let me tell you something about Vitaly Klitschko. Vitaly Klitschko, although he looks and he's the same size as Vladimir, Vitaly Klitschko had a mean streak in him, something that Vitaly never, uh, something that Vladimir never displayed. You know, uh, well, he did display it against Cuba Pulov. He did look like he was mean. And he did come after uh, Anthony Joshua more Vitaly Klitschko-esque. But Vitaly Klitschko was a guy that was known for throwing a lot of punches and was not afraid to take a shot. He definitely was meaner uh, than, uh, than his brother Vlad. And I think even despite a five-year layoff and even despite being 46 years old, Coming right in and facing Deontay Wilder, I think he knocks Deontay Wilder out. What do you think, Sal? <laughs> well, you know, I, I I I just have to say one of the things you said. I think he I think he could do that. I think he, you know, the guy is a fighter and he's got a mean streak. And I think some fighters they when they're in that ring they've got to show that mean streak. But the bottom line, and some fighters get the fire in their belly from that mean streak. Um, but why would it be different? For him to get his first fight back with the Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. I mean, they're both respectively world champions on either side of the aisle. So, like I said, I would rather him come back 
and do a 10-round non-title fight uh, with either opponent, either opponent. But I would love to see him against Joshua. You know, this way, it's it's put up or shut up, one fight, one out. You know, you, if you win, you win. Maybe you can get a, uh, a fast track and get a rematch if he beat Anthony Joshua two for a title fight. But well, he should come back in a 10-round non-title fight against either opponent. Listen, of course he should come back in a 10-round non-title fight against yes. somebody else. Um, yes. But he doesn't need to come back. He's not. This isn't a typical comeback fight. This is a I no. want a shot at greatness fight, um, okay. which he's already on the Hall of Fame ballot. Listen, the reason why, I, I have a simple reason why I feel that it's justifiable and acceptable for both Deontay Wilder and Vitaly Klitschko to fight each other, and it's not for Anthony Joshua. And here's the reason. Deontay Wilder has yet to fight and beat a top-level opponent. He has yet to do it, all right? He hasn't done it in 38 fights, and he's certainly not scheduled to do it again in his next fight. Anthony Joshua has. Anthony Joshua beat and knocked out the reigning heavyweight champion for almost a decade, even though he had lost his title to Tyson Fury, he still was regarded by most as the heavyweight uh, man, you know, the main guy in the heavyweight division. So although I would, I would fault AJ for fighting Vitaly uh, after a five-year layoff, I wouldn't fault Deontay Wilder. And the reason is because Deontay Wilder needs a win against a name even despite the fact that, that uh, uh, Vitaly is 46 years old, I still think it would not be an easy fight for, for Deontay Wilder. I really don't. Sal, hold that thought. We got to take a break when we come back. Deontay Wilder versus Vitaly Klitschko. Vitaly Klitschko has been out of the ring for five years. He's on the Hall of Fame ballot for 2018. Can Deontay beat the 46-year-old? I'm not so sure he can. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, before we went to break, we, we were talking about an email I got from uh, my man Willie directing me to an article written um, uh, that Vitaly Klitschko is considering a comeback because he wants to avenge the loss against, uh, uh, avenge Vladimir's loss against Anthony Joshua. And before we went to break, I said that, uh, I thought that it would be acceptable on both sides, in my opinion, if uh, Vitaly Klitschko came back at 46 years old, out of the ring for five years, and fought Deontay Wilder. Willie, who happens to be in the chat room, says, Hey, Billy, because you said that you're not so sure Wilder can beat Vitality, but you always said that Wilder has no chance against AJ. Does that mean that you think Vitaly, <coughs> excuse me, that Vitaly has no chance against AJ? Uh, listen, we say this all the time in the heavyweight division, and that's a good question in the heavyweight division any heavyweight has a chance to beat any other on any given night 
I don't think Deontay Wilder has a chance against Anthony Joshua because Anthony Joshua is much too rounded. All Deontay Wilder has is punching power. And I'm not so sure he has all of that either. Uh, because, you know, he took it takes him so long to knock out journeyman fighters. I think he's lost the ability to learn more because he's relied on punch. That, that's, the, that's the negative with punching, uh, with, you know, hard punching fighters. They have a tendency, especially you see it all the time when they knock a guy down early in a fight and then they're headhunting for the rest of the fight. They, they, they lose sight of, of you know, uh, breaking an opponent down. Um, you know, I, I look at Deontay Wilder, Sal, and I, and I see a guy that, that won't fight Dillian White um, you know, he, he he's calling for for Joshua to come to him. That he's the guy that that uh, wild that uh, Anthony Joshua has to beat. He says everybody's afraid of him. He wouldn't even fight Dominic Brazil, who I think would give him a tough fight. Who's coming off a loss? I I, I don't know. I I think that Vitaly Klitschko, after a five year retire retirement, forty six years old, I think that he could come back. And knock the crap out of Deontay Wilder. I just think he could. Um, in all seriousness, I, I really think he could. And I agree. I think he could be a good fight. But here's the thing. If we're going to start looking at the world of boxing all of a sudden with people saying they want to do this, people saying they want to do that without having to earn their way back again, like – like. Uh, uh, um, George Foreman wanting to come back, uh, this one wanting to come back uh, – you know, me wanting to come back against Mickey Rourke. You hear that one? But the bottom line is this. Uh, his whole incentive, as he has stated, would be to avenge his brother's loss. And the best way to do that is to go right in and have a 10-round non-title fight against Anthony Joshua. We don't know if he can get up psychologically, emotionally, or mentally, or physically for a Deontay Wilder because that's not his motivation. If it's true, and in his heart of hearts, his motivation is to avenge his his younger brother's loss to Anthony Joshua, predicated also on his ill instructions that he felt he's guilty of, of, of giving uh, uh, Vlad, then you know what? Those are the reasons. Those are That's the incentive for him to want to come back and fight Anthony Joshua. So I think, like we said, like I always say, Manny Pacquiao wanted to come back against Mayweather. You don't dance around other opponents to do that. You come back and you get on a straight track, fast track uh, course to fight Floyd Mayweather. And if you had come back with a purpose, follow through with that purpose. So I think a 10-round non-title fight, against Anthony Joshua, if it could be done, I think that's the fight he should get up and train and prepare for. Um, I just want to comment. We, we got a boxer hunch. For some reason, I was putting, uh, I thought, was, I'm thinking lunch. I'm watching you eating, and I'm, ref, I'm responding to uh, him. Hey, it was an MMM. It, it was a frozen MMM. I'm, 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 I'm referring to him as BL because I glance over. I'm half blind, and I see boxer, and I thought it said lunch. It says hutch. <laughs> Hunch, but uh, but my man uh, 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 boxer Hunch in the uh, in the chat room just wanted to make a co uh, comment. This is off our uh, Vitaly Klitschko uh, subject, but I, I just want to respond to it. He says, I, I think the more and more people rewatch Canelo Triple G, they conclude that this fight was closer to a draw than we all thought. And the truth of the matter is, is I I, I scored the fight one sixteen one twelve uh, for Triple G. 
But that doesn't mean I didn't think the fight was close. There were a couple of rounds that could have gone either way. As a matter of fact, I don't remember which ones, but I had marked on my scorecard close. When I put close, that means I wouldn't be surprised if it was scored the other way. I think what made people start thinking that this fight was was a robbery, and I'm talking about Triple G um, Canelo now, was specifically Adelie Bird's card that came in suggesting that uh, you know, uh, she, that, that triple G won. I mean, that, uh, Canelo won 10 of 10 of 12 rounds or something like that, which is c- clearly not the case. Um, you know, eight to four, either way, six to five, uh, you know, those are all realistic. You know, the fight was close, especially the last three rounds, which you could make the argument very easily that Canelo won, you know, uh, triple G took his foot off the gas. So no, I agree with a boxer hunch this clearly uh was a close fight and it does deserve a rematch my only hang up with that is that um i wish it was taking place this year instead of you know uh another eight months from now which is clearly in uh, canelo's uh benefit but uh, uh back to um our topic our our new topic here um deontay wilder needs a big win against a big name he just, or he needs a big win against a, a, a real fighter. And, uh, you know, to suggest that he's got it and, you know, people make these comments that I just don't like him. They call me a racist. I mean, that's such bullshit. I, I'm the furthest thing from a racist as ever. Listen, I call it like I see it. And Deontay Wilder, uh, all he does is shoot off his mouth and he doesn't back anything up. Yeah, he knocks out grown-ass men like he says. I knock out grown-ass men. Yeah, yeah, they're all grown-ass men. But they're all grown-ass men that are slugs when it comes to boxing. They'll knock me out. But, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, professional boxing, no. They're not top ten guys. He needs to fight a real fighter. He's pounding his chest saying he's the best fighter. Now he's trying to say that, that Anthony Joshua has to come to him. If I'm Team Joshua, I say screw you, Deontay Wilder. Let him chase uh, Anthony Joshua around like a little puppy dog because without Anthony Joshua on Deontay Wilder's uh, uh, resume as a win. Now, if Deontay Wilder beats Anthony Joshua, there's no doubt that Deontay Wilder is the best heavyweight in the world. End of story. Beat the man who beat the man who beat the man. End of story. Anyway, some more heavyweight news, Sal. Okay. Speaking of heavyweight, one of the main things that uh, came out of uh, uh, the uh, WBC uh, convention uh, last week uh, concerning the heavyweight division was the possibility that they create a new division called the super heavyweight division. Um, this has been being discussed for a long time. Um, you know, uh, they haven't said if it would be uh, 250 pounds plus or 230 pounds plus or whatever. Um, I'm opposed to this 100%. Um, this is me personally. I don't think that we should have a super heavyweight division at all. Uh, I think that the cruiserweight division was put in place to, um, you know, shorten the gap between light heavyweight limit, which is 175, uh, and uh, heavyweights, which I like. I like the cruiserweight division. But beyond 200 pounds, that's the heavyweight division. Now, what we see sometimes is a guy like a la Mike Tyson, which we haven't really seen a short uh, five foot eleven uh, heavyweight, uh, successful heavyweight in quite some time. But Mike Tyson, five eleven, was able to compete with with six three, six four guys 
uh, although we don't see a lot of that today. Uh, we see a lot of those guys in the cruiserweight division, or we see a cruiserweight that wants to move up to heavyweight. I don't like the additional weight class. You know, they've done many studies, and they say that the punching power of a 175-pound uh, uh, man uh, can still knock out a 250-plus-pound uh, man. Uh, so the power is there. And I've also seen big, big guys not possess the punching power you would expect. And a great example of that is Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, big guy, six foot seven, you know, well over 250. Well, now he's about 500 pounds. But, you know, when he was fighting uh, in good shape, 250 pounds, he didn't destroy people with one punch. Deontay Wilder has more power behind his punch and a guy that weighs under 220 uh, than, uh, than Tyson Fury did at three something. So uh, I don't I don't support a super heavyweight division. Uh, I'm afraid to ask, but what's your thoughts, Sal? Bill, <laughs> I concur with you, Bill. I do not support it. And, and you know what? We've done enough with uh, having weight classes come up every five pounds, six pounds in between on the lighter weights. And you know what you just said was, was so true. When you look at a light heavyweight being with the limit of 175 pounds and then anything originally over 175 was considered a heavyweight. And when they came up with the buffer weight class, what I mean by that, the cruiserweight, that filled in that gap between 176 pounds and 200 pounds. You know, boxing is a sport, and you don't need feel-good police to always look out. People who elect to become fighters, they do so because they feel in their heart of hearts they can do what they have to do to be a winner, to be a champion, to be the best they can be. And, you know, if you're a, a, a five foot nine, five foot ten, uh, 230-pound guy and, and you feel you could fight, you're going to try it. And if you don't win or if you, get, you, you keep getting knocked out, you're not going to be around too long. But if you are of that weight class, I don't think they need a super heavyweight weight class you're in the game of boxing because you choose to be and because you have the talent and the ability to work yourself up there or somebody paying you for to get up there um to be a world-class contender and to fight for a championship end of story they don't need a super heavyweight division well you know i'm sure they're looking at it uh for the revenue stream because uh well, look at it this way um you know we 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 all know whether they call it this or not I mean, uh, you know, each each sanctioning body technically has five world champions in each weight class. The super champion, the regular old champion, the interim champion, the champion in recess, and the champion of Murtai. Uh, five guys that could walk around claiming that they're a world champion in each sanctioning body. So when you do the quick math, and I know a lot of you young people don't know how to do that because uh, you guys yeah. are allowed to... Uh, use calculators from the time you're nine uh, into the world today. But uh, uh, if you multiply five times four, that equals 20 uh, more world champions, which equals 20 more sanctioning fees, which equals a lot of more, a lot of more money, a lot of more money uh, for the uh, sanctioning bodies. And oh, by the way, why they're worrying about and trying to smokescreen the fan base to think it's going to be better and safer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we also are depleting our already minimal pool of fighters. Uh, obviously, we're talking about the heavyweights, so you're going to deplete that pool of heavyweights 
much more than it already is. If you take a look at the heavyweights like I was uh, trying to do earlier today, where we look at some heavyweights that are uh, have you know respectable records and where they're ranked uh, with the respective sanctioning bodies, uh, almost anybody w- with 20 wins is, is in the top 15 um, of, of somebody's sanctioning body. So, uh, you know, that would deplete that even more. Uh, and then you'd have guys like Deontay Wilder pounding on his chest, uh, saying that, uh, you know, everybody from the heavyweight to the super heavyweight division are all ducking him. Because a guy like Deontay Wilder wouldn't fall into the super heavyweight. Because remember something about Deontay, he doesn't weigh 250 pounds. He's a 220 pounder, Sal. Well, exactly that. I mean, and so was the era of the 70s and 80s. You had a lot of heavyweights, uh, including Muhammad Ali, who was six foot three and about 220, 230 pounds. You know, and and that's what I'm saying. You you don't need it. I think you got once in a while. You got a six foot seven guy who weighs 250. Hey, you got to go in a ring with a guy like that and chop him down like a tree if you can. If you can't, hey, he's the heavyweight champ of the world. I I don't see. I, I I don't like the idea. I don't think we need another weight class. I don't think we need another five champions on top of the the, the eighty five plus champions we have today. Um, let's get to some uh, other sports real quick. Uh, in the uh, just to get you caught up in the National League Division Series, the Dodgers are uh, uh, up on the Diamondbacks two games to none. Uh, the Cubbies and the Nationals are tied. In the uh, American League Divisional Series uh, last night, the Red Sox uh, beat the uh, Astros uh, ten to three. The Astros uh, still lead that series two to one, and the Yankees got a W in a pitcher's duel. Uh, they topped the Indians one nothing. Uh, Cleveland leads that series two to one. All of these games are uh, playing. Uh, uh, tonight. Now, I just went dark because, oh, and I'm light again, because we just lost power. But because we have a backup system now in place, um, we were able to uh, maintain uh, our uh, our show here, Sal. So, uh, you know, that was uh, uh, pretty interesting. But uh, uh, in the uh, uh, National Football League, uh, the Bengals yeah. topped the Bills 20-16. to 16. Uh, the Panthers over the Lions, 27-24. The Colts beat the 49ers in overtime, 26-23. Uh, the 49ers are 0-5. Uh, the Dolphins topped the Titans, 16-10. Uh, the Jaguars over the Steelers, 30-9. The Eagles went 4-1 and after they beat the Cardinals, uh, 34-7. And uh, this is a, a, a team that's uh, uh, getting better and better. Um, the uh, Seahawks beat the Rams 16-10 in a close game. The Packers, in a really exciting game, beat the Cowboys 35-31. Very the Ravens much. over the Raiders 30-17. to uh, The Chiefs, the only undefeated team left in football, they beat the Texans 42-34 to to go 5-0. and um, The Giants, 0-5. The Chargers got their first win, Sal, 27-22 to go 1-4. And the Giants are 0-5, and you want to know what bothered me the most about this game? Watching Odell Beckham crying like a baby on the sideline after he got his injury. Now, I'm not suggesting it didn't hurt or anything like that, and and certainly, you know, I'm not going to knock anyone for for letting their emotions out. But, you know, Odell Beckham deserves it because of all the smack talk and all the – 
the BS that he does. I mean, he makes a catch and he's doing a dance. You know, it didn't even get a first down. It doesn't even get a touchdown. He's doing a dance. I mean, all these NFL players, it is it is getting so hard for me to watch, Sal, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, what do you think? Well, I, you know, I think some of the fans out there are starting to uh, feel the same way. Uh, especially, we're not going to get political, but when they take that knee and everything else, it's, 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 it's a different world today, Bill. And you know, uh, sometimes I say I was either born a little bit too early or a little bit too late. But uh, it's some strange times ahead. And uh, you know, this world of sports is something else as well. And and hey, you know what? Beckham could have been very seriously hurt. It could have wrenched the knee. Could have had anything. So I I, I go easy on him for that. I mean, I wouldn't be crying on the sidelines, but uh, I, I'd be like, holy smoke, did I get hit? I'm wow, I'm in pain. No, and, go ahead. Uh, you know, <laughs> sorry, it's, but, uh, sorry about it's, that. It's a crazy world. That's good. I, I thought it was me. No, 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 no. That <laughs> that's the you. that's the this the, you know we got nine. Hey, sisters. but you know what I'm glad about? Do you know what I was glad about? And I've been a big. I, I should let you say it. I was going to talk. All about right, just leave it. Leave it. Just Save hang out. Hang out. But the 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 thing is, is that uh, and and I I, I agree with you. Um, you know. I, I don't want to criticize. Uh, listen, he, he, he hurt his ankle again. And he was crying probably because he was frustrated that his season might be over. But with all the BS. Don't uh, cry. He's crying. Uh, I mean, crying. Like like Cry. my, my, my two-year-old grandson. Crying, you know. Don't my Actually, cry. my two-year-old grandson doesn't even cry like that, you know. Uh, and by the way, the kid was making some great catches yesterday watching the uh, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Oh, did I, I forget that one? It, Bill. No, they, Man, they, on. they beat the Browns in one of the most pitiful, sad, and hard-to-watch games I've ever seen. I have, I'm going to reiterate my opinion on the coach of the New York Jets, the worst in the NFL, doesn't even know anything about this game. I'm telling you, this man knows nothing about football he shouldn't be coaching a pop warner team let alone an nfl team but nonetheless credit where credit's due the jets somehow found a way to win or should i say the browns somehow found a way to lose to go 0-5 the jets they win 17-14 in cleveland they are now three wins and two losses i thought they would win three games all year they are at that point now and here's the best part they are tied for first place with the Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. And then wow. the Dolphins are only trailing those three teams by one game. So uh, wow. the AFC East has gotten uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, tight, I would think. But uh, who are any of those teams really that good? Especially when you look uh, at the Chiefs, who are 5-0, and uh, just beating all, all good teams. So uh, uh, that's what uh, happened in uh, the sport of football yesterday, Sal. Oh, yeah, that's great. Bill, you know, I've become uh, an overnight instant Jet fan as well. I still love my Giants. I love the Giants. But, you know, because when Pat Ryan came into my restaurant and I didn't know who he was and his family was saying, are you a Yankee fan or a Met fan? I said, hey, I bleed pinstripes. They said, that means you're a Giant fan. I said, absolutely. Is there another team? I didn't know who I was talking to. So I put my uh, foot in my mouth and uh when uh, I met Pat Ryan, I immediately recognized him after the fact, and I said, wow, you're stellar and you're great, and I love the Jets. And uh, 
so anyway, that was my story. So now Pat, I root for the Jets with you, Bill. Well, Pat Ryan was a great backup quarterback, and uh, there was a time when he was a starter. And there was also a time where a lot of people felt that he should be the starter over some of the other slugs they had at quarterback. But I got some emails here. Uh, this first one uh, is from my man, Mitch. And Mitch says, uh, boy, Billy C., you hit this one on the nose. And he sent me a link to a, uh, uh, a story about Birmingham Stavern testing positive. Uh, ESPN has the story, so if you want to look at it, um, to fight... Uh, 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 when uh, for Alexander Povetkin, um, he said in the fight, uh, uh, he says when you read it, uh, it leaves unanswered questions. Number one, the WBC sanctioned the interim title fight despite the failed test. Uh, Stavern tested positive for DMAA. DMMA, uh, DMAA has been on the banned substance list since 2010. DMAA ain't exactly blood pressure medicine, Billy C. It's used for weight loss, muscle building, and overall performance enhancement. Wow. In 2013, uh, the FDA reported uh, a, uh, the FDA re- received a report of 86 athletes uh, and de- uh, 86 athlete deaths and Ill- illnesses related. To DMMA. So let me get this straight. You didn't sanction Ortiz because you're concerned with his health, but you let Stavern, uh, you okay a fight with Stavern that had a drug in his system tied now to hundreds of deaths. And those are just the deaths of athletes that were actually reported. So where was the concern for Stavern's health? Where was the WBC approved physician assigned to check his health? Maybe it was the $75,000 fine Stavern paid that made it a mute point. Mind you this, uh, he says, mind you, this drug costed UCN Bolt a four-time 100-meter gold medal. Uh, Major League players got 50 game suspensions for use it. Enzo Macanelli got a six-month ban. So knowing they allowed Stavern to fight Povetkin, who had a situation of his own, you'd figure Team Ortiz would sue for an injunction. I mean, while we're talking about blood pressure meds, not true. It's not a true stimulant like DMMA. Instead of suing, they say we respect and admire the WBC decision. He's referring to Team Ortiz here. Uh, The only reason I can come up with is the one you said, Billy C. Money exchanged hands with the agreement Ortiz will get his shot against Wilder before Anthony Joshua does. That'll be Wilder's second opponent in a row who hadn't fought in over two years. Um, Listen, man, Deontay Wilder has become a a smokescreen of sorts. Um, His his career, uh, his resume, his, uh, you know, stupid calling out. Everybody's afraid of him. The facts are the facts. All you got to do, you know, and like I say, you know, you look at the you, the record is who you are, and just don't look at the O. Look at who he fought to get the O. You know, um, Anthony Joshua has fought much harder and uh, top level opposition, even going back to the amateurs. The amateur record that uh, AJ has is way better than uh, than than Deontay Wilder, and you can't compare the two. Uh, when it comes to a professional, that that's that's my thoughts, cut and dry, Sal. Well, I know you got that point, and I I tend to agree with you on that as well. 
um, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I, I just I'm and and my man Mitch here pointing out that, you know, uh, Team Ortiz, who comes out with the uh, oh, we're 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 thankful that the WBC is uh, looking out for our fighters health. So we want one of their physicians to check them out. What kind of BS was that? I said it was BS when it came out. I mean, you know, when 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 uh, uh, what's his face showed us came out uh, the guy from uh, the the uh, 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 steroid Victor Conti. It's tough getting old. Uh, I was drawing a blank there for a second, Sal. I don't have the coffee and food sources you have in front of you. Hey, but, easy. Uh, I got two day old coffee. But uh, <laughs> at least it's something. Um, you know, I, I, when Victor Conti broke it down and was, you know, explaining everything and, and here's a guy who, you know, uh, I think he did time for, for, for juicing, uh, ball players in the eighties or whatever, but you know, the guy knows the, the way this stuff works. And he basically said, it's a travesty that the WBC won't let, uh, Luis Ortiz fight Wilder. I said it then. It was money. Money exchanged hands, whether it came from Team Wilder to the WBC or from Wilder to the WBC, Wilder to Ortiz, whatever, or WBC to Ortiz. It's a three-way deal. They're going to let Ortiz fight Wilder in January, and Wilder's going to be saying that, that AJ ducked him. AJ should not come to the U.S. to fight Wilder. They should make Wilder go to him. But, and, and when and if he does want to come, Wilder's going to outprice himself. Trust me. Uh, this sounds all too familiar. Hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, I'll have more on that. So don't go nowhere. Billy C. will be right back. Part of the Billy C. Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now. Or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? back you're listening and watching the billy c show uh glad to be with us and speaking of the show uh programming note we will not be doing a live show tomorrow we will not be doing a live show tomorrow uh, apologize for that but uh it is what it is but uh you know sal i don't mean to really sound like you know i despise deontay wilder because i don't i i like deontay wilder my, my hang-up is with these fighters that pound their chest when they don't when they haven't proven anything you know I, I mean you know i've always respected and admired fighters that you know go up through the ranks they beat the guy and they beat the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and they're, they're climbing that ladder and they get to the top and they pound their chest i guess i'm the same kind of guy that likes a, 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 an athlete that scores a touchdown and flips the ball to the referee rather than you know, doing the hokey pokey dance in the end zone. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I, I remember I played football. I boxed. You know, I remember, I remember uh, coaches telling me, act like you've been there before. Don't act like, you know, this is the first time and, and, and the emotions are getting over. It's the same thing in the ring. You know, if you're going to do a backflip after you win a decision, people are going to think you, wow, what, is this his first win? I mean, why, why is he acting like that? What's your thoughts? No, I, you know, Bill, I, I, 
you know, I hate to say I agree, but I do agree. I don't hate to say it, but, you know, you, you come from a side of humility. You come from a side of of knowing what you're doing to earn those victories and, and uh, being humble to know that uh, it could go either way uh, on any given night. And, you know, I, I tend to agree. And, you know, you let your physical attributes uh, speak for themselves in the world of sports. And, uh you know, it's it's it is what it is. I can understand where some of these fighters today become their own self promoters. Why not market yourself? Do what you got to do. So you call people out. You do what you got to do. Uh, but going over the top uh, without having the the I use this term all the time. I'm sorry if I'm redundant here, but showing the fluff without having the stuff. That's what I don't respect and I don't like. I do not like. Exactly. And and I, I agree with you. You know, the, the thing is, is that, I, you know, if Deontay Wilder never opened his mouth and said that he was the best and everybody's scared of him and all of this, I, I would think differently of him, you know, um, because then all the burden and the blame for his cherry-picked uh, resume would be put on his management, which would be, you know, his manager, his promoter, etc., uh, but when he comes out and says he wants to fight everybody and, you know, says they're all scared to fight him, you know, and then the public, a lot of the, the uneducated, ignorant public, and I say that meaning, I don't mean educated-wise, like schooling, I mean in the sport of boxing. In the sport of right. boxing. Um, you know, they, they, they believe it. They buy it. They drink the Kool-Aid, you know, and then they just say I'm old and disgruntled and don't know what I'm talking about, you know. So, uh uh, I just, I want, I like to see people earn it. And I'm the same way with football. That's why I've started watching college a little more because the college athletes, they're trying to get to the NFL and a lot of these coaches won't allow some of these. I mean, I'm watching guys yesterday, Sal, that make a run. Now, now you know, to anybody that doesn't know, 10 yards is equals a first down. I'm watching guys that are getting eight yards and jumping up and doing a dance, you know, putting, you know, shooting guns and putting them in their their holster like they, you know, just did it, chewing them, eating them, feeding me, you know, the feed me sign, you know, uh, you know, give me a break. I, it's a joke. I, I mean, that's what they're getting paid for. You know, I mean, it is a joke. You know, and every time they get a first down, they do the first down. I mean, a week. What, what's this become? You know, it's the same thing it's, in boxing. Same thing in boxing. It's 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 true, Bill. That's what we we have. Uh, uh, I guess uh, lowered ourselves to the benchmark. You know, it, it's 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 not the same. It's uh, things have changed, and you and I uh, are stuck in the world of past sports and memories of what it used to be to to earn those kind of things and to celebrate where you can. And you know, it's it's a different game today. You got these young athletes coming up, and they only see uh, some of their. Uh, earlier examples uh giving them what they think they should do and how to behave when they when it's not really appropriate so you know it's it it is what it is it's it's leading by example and the example today of some of the leaders are not really what it should be that's the case we got another email this is from a man willie and he says uh he goes hey billy c you're always praising the uk fighters for wanting to fight the best of the competition and you are so right about that. You mention it a lot on your show, and I know it's something that you are quite passionate about. 
And he says, aren't we all? Well, what did you think of the matchups on Saturday? We had Chris Eubank Jr. against Yildrum and Anthony Crowley against Ricky Burns. I thought that both fights were pretty good and decent matchups. Do you agree or am I wrong? No, I do agree. Um, I, you know, I lo- I, first of all, I love the World Boxing Super Series. And I stated when it came out and they, they basically gave us the roster how disappointed I was that there weren't any American fighters uh, on that list. And it's disheartening. Because I see a trend and, you know, you know, American fighters have become lazy. They're looking for the uh, the easiest way. And, and listen, I know it's smarter to, you know, let a tool work for you, so to speak, than to have you work for the tool. I get it. And I know it's smarter to, to you know, have less effort and make the most amount of money. I get it, and, and I don't disagree with that theory, and I certainly don't uh, disagree with looking out for your future and, and being concerned with health issues, et cetera, et cetera. But when you sign up to be a professional fighter, you should have one thing in mind, and that's to become a world champion. And in order to become a world champion, you need to fight other fighters that want to become a world champion and that's how you become a contender and that's how you weed out the better fighters from the not so great fighters and to suggest that fighters here in the united states have been leaning towards taking the easy road uh and rather than challenge themselves or or god forbid put uh one of their trinkets on the line it shows to me that they're scared you know, I mean, you could you could spin it and say it's a business decision, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, somebody's scared, whether it's the fighter or whether it's the, the people looking out for that fighter. In Deontay Wilder's case, uh, my support for Deontay Wilder, the man, is for him because he truly believes he's the best. I give him credit for that. And I think every fighter should think that they're the best out there in their weight class. The difference with Deontay is that his team is not following his own demands of trying to fight the best. His team knows something that Deontay doesn't, and that's his weaknesses. When it comes to the United States and the fighters, I think it's sad that we weren't able to put together any uh, super middleweight or uh, cruiserweight for this tournament. And it reiterates what I say all the time, that these other fighters, you know, out of Europe specifically, they're the ones that have no fear of fighting each other. Early in their careers, late in their careers, it doesn't matter. When you have a domestic matchup, it sells, and the fighters fight. And it generally doesn't hurt their careers. They move on. I, hats off to the British, uh, well, not just the British boxing scene, the whole European bro- boxing scene, because these guys are willing to fight. And the people come and support them too, Sal. We see these audiences, 100,000 people, 50,000 people. You know, even Floyd Mayweather, one of the biggest draws uh, in the history of the sport, didn't even sell out. Uh, his last fight when the the maximum uh, people in the arena would have been 16,000. Didn't even sell out. Now, granted, he sold wow. a couple of million pay-per-views, but that just goes to show you the difference uh, between the fan bases. Oh, in Europe, they want to come out and see an event live. In the United States, we want to sit our fat, lazy asses on the couch and watch it. Well, I'll tell you what. There's such a trade-offs, and you know, with the having the comforts of your home and a beautiful high-definition TVs and seeing the replays and the commentary and everything else, it's you know, I I understand it. I see the trade-offs, and we don't know how uh, the European blocks or what they're doing there with the, with uh, all their sports and announcing, but I'm sure it's got to be on a similar level of ours. 
but uh, I, I, I do agree with you, Bill. I think the European uh, countries with their with their fight base and their fan base, and I, like I said, they come out to support their fighters like it's an event. I mean, a big event. They make it like, hey, what are we doing? We're going to go to see this. We're going to support. You know, then they do it. They celebrate. It's a great festive atmosphere, and they are very much a part of their their corner uh, of their fan and uh, I mean of their fighter. And uh, I love it. I love to see that. We don't do it here as much. Now, what I like about the European fighters is they fight. <laughs> you know, they fight. They're I mean, not afraid to fight either. Yeah. They're not afraid to to face the best because they either feel they're the best or they want the opportunity to beat the best, and that's what that's what you cannot deny. Well, it's they, so they, evident. But but what they do is their 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 ideal is hey, I want to prove I'm the best, and the only way to prove right. I'm the best is to fight the best, not to exactly. tell everybody. You know, Floyd Mayweather, and, and I don't mean to bring him up, but Floyd Mayweather's fans went as far as telling me in the past that they knew that he could beat Triple G, so why bother fighting him? And and when you see, <laughs> you when, 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 you, when you hear a statement like that, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it, it makes me, first of all, it makes me laugh my ass off, and second of all, it makes me scratch my head because I say to myself, how can you say that? I mean, you know, that's like saying, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are the best team in, in football, uh, so they don't have to play any good teams. They only have to play the bad ones just to keep them in shape. I mean, it's the same thing. Uh, I'm sorry. In good boxing, it, meaning, it means more than any other sport. To prove the best, you got to fight the best. And, you know, if Deontay – and we're talking about heavyweights here. If Deontay Wilder uh, – you know, really thinks he's the best and, and his team tells him the best, well, then go seek out a top fighter, Dillian White, uh, AJ, of course, which he won't fight. I mean, these uh, even Joseph Parker, anybody that's in the, in the top, you know, uh, echelon of fighters, and I don't mean a paid-for-position fighter like Bermain Stavern because nobody can stay in the number one position if you've been out of the ring for two years, and that's the case with Stavern. He hasn't fought. He hasn't fought. How does a guy stay at the number one ranking without fighting for so long? I just don't understand it. Uh, Bill, I know, pal. We uh, we uh, definitely march the same drum beat right there. I understand. Um, it's the uh, it's continuing with Willie's uh, email here. He says, um, Chris Eubank made the following statement after the fight. He says, I'm here to dominate this tournament. I'm sending a message uh, out there that I'm coming George Groves, get through your next fight so we can give the boxing fans what they really want to see. Um, I, uh, I've, I've gained a lot of uh, respect for Eubank, and I look forward to uh, George Groves. He is scheduled uh, to fight uh, coming up soon, so uh, uh, hopefully he gets by his guy. And that is a matchup that um, a lot of uh, people have been wanting to see, uh, Groves and Eubank Jr., uh, he says, I was impressed with Eubank's performance, and he seemed to be maturing into a good, slick, and disciplined fighter. He definitely looked very good in this fight, and I'm beginning to like his style more and more. Do you think Eubank versus Groves is a good fight? The answer is yes, I do. He says, apparently there was a mass brawl among the German crowd uh, shortly before the main event. I don't know what it was about, uh, but I'll look into that later. Uh, and this was from v Willie. Um I don't know. Uh, maybe they cut him off with beer or something. Uh, what do you think? 
probably did. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's 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 like I said. It is what it is. We we know we go around the horn, and it's uh, nothing related to Jeff Horn, but uh, it it never ceases to amaze me. Never. Well, I I definitely like uh, what I saw on Chris Eubank Jr. this past weekend, yeah. and um, I for one uh, am, am am interested in keeping an eye on him. I have another uh, email. Uh, this one is from uh, my man Mitch. Another one from Mitch. He says. Billy C., I swear, every time you talk about him on your show, he listens to you. Uh, because then he comes with something you either predicted or that runs counter to uh, counter the credit you gave him. Um, whether that's positive credit or not. He says, ugh, this guy's garbage. He irks me. I wish Stavern can land a haymaker, but then he'll probably fail a post-fight drug test uh, <laughs> if he does. And, and Wilder will get... Uh, another uh win he's referring to wilder and he sent me uh some some links to some wilder comments and articles that were written uh he says that uh, basically in one of them uh deontay wilder made a claim that um if he wants to become a globally recognized like he is this is this is the joke of it sal wilder is telling aj that if he wants to become, AJ, wants to become a global, you know, a recognized uh, fighter globally like Deontay is, which is not the case, um, then he needs to come to America and fight Deontay there, which, first of all, I think is absurd. And this is where, you know, Deontay's got to stop listening to the bozos that are whispering bullshit in his ear. Because the truth of the matter is, is that AJ is way more recognizable than Deontay Wilder. He's been there, done that. He's traveled the world uh, as a uh, longtime amateur, won a gold medal, etc. Plus, he's put up and shut up his opponents in the ring uh, as a professional, something that Deontay Wilder has not done. And if Deontay is more recognizable than AJ, it's only because of his mouth, Sal. What's your thoughts? Well, like I said, I, I would love to see AJ come to the United States, and if not in Vegas, Madison Square Garden or somewhere that uh, is comfortable for him to be. Uh, you know, he pretty much fights in his backyard, uh, as the same as uh, Deontay Wilder in Brooklyn. Uh, so it would kind of be neat to see these guys meet in a neutral location, whether it's in the United States or UK, other than just their backyard. Well, first see what of all, happens then. Well, first of all, Deontay Wilder is from Alabama, and he yeah, had, I know he, he right, has. You're right. I, I'm sorry, he, I stand corrected. Well, there. he has. You're right about Brooklyn. He has fought in Brooklyn uh, uh, several times, but but you know, I, I think it, it it boils down to what's the most feasible financially, and. You know, HBO or, or in this case, Showtime would broadcast the fight. So it doesn't matter where the fight is. No. We in the United States will see it, whether it's a pay-per-view, whether it's Showtime, whether it's HBO. I don't know, but we'll pay for it. So then you go to the next level. Well, where's the next big le revenue stream? And that's got to be live gate. Now, the argument in the past has been when you put it in a, uh, a venue in the United States, they charge outrageous prices for the tickets. And like, for example, uh, you, you put it in a 100,000-seat arena in the U.K., the cost of those tickets aren't as, as much. So at the end of the day, you know, what the maximum gate would be. But in this case, I think that 
uh, AJ has earned to be in the driver's seat. This is a guy that is truly a champion. If you throw all the belts out the window, which we should, the, the, the reason why he's the man is because he beat Klitschko, who was the man in the division uh, prior to losing to uh, Tyson Fury, who's not fighting anymore. So Klitschko was the, the guy that uh, you got to follow. And AJ beat him. He's in the driver's seat. I'm sorry. There's no discussion there in, as far as I'm concerned. The only way that, uh, and Anthony Joshua, like you said, does want to fight in the U.S. You know, if he chooses to fight in the U.S., fine. But against Deontay Wilder, if I'm Team Joshua, I want that fight in England, Sal. Yes and no. I mean, yeah. I mean, if he whatever he could do to to get up for the fight and and realize, you know, either his dream come true would be to fighting in Vegas. I don't know. But one thing is for sure: no matter where they fight, they should have, as I suggest often, with the world title fights on uh, and the world world uh, sanctioning bodies here. They should have judges represent the three judges representing each of the fighters' home country and a neutral judge from another country. That's what they should have. And he can come here to the United States uh, with that kind of scenario with the judges dispersed over to different countries. Yeah, but uh, the judges, listen, the, the judges' criteria. Minus Bird. <laughs> well, the judges' criteria is what needs to be repaired. I, I'm not so, you know, I, I promote it, so I know I know the expense um, involved. You know, if you got to fly judges from all over the world, that's BS. I, all we need is is competent judging and a criteria that they all follow in the same order, Sal. Yeah, but you know, Bill, it always it always uh, you know it's nice to see that there are judges coming from one guy's home country. Uh, meeting another guy's home country. And yeah, but usually... What I was going to say is Adelie Bird is a United States judge. She, she's not from Mexico, and she's... No, I know that. I think it's again, nothing. Well, I think it's the competence level. They, we, need, we need to prioritize the order in which they score a card. You and I have to put in... in and you and I, if we were judges, we would have to put the same... Uh, order of criteria on on how we judge. I can't look at volume, and you look at power, and our scorecards are totally different because my guy is landing all these little 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 mosquito punches, and your guy lands one or two big shots for the round. You give it to him. I give it to the volume. We we got to define that and make sure that every judge scores it the same way. And in, if that takes place we won't have some of these controversial scorecards. And like like uh, we were talking about Boxer Hutch in the chat room earlier, um, the truth of the matter was is that that uh, Triple G Canelo fight was closer than people act like it was now, and the only reason is because of Adelie Bird's way-out card. Uh, if, if, if her card even scored for Triple G, 115-113, or even 116-112 for that matter, I don't think there'd be half as much outrage. No, there possibly wouldn't. I mean, you know, I tried to look at the fights. I gave some even rounds or questionable rounds or close rounds. I even did give to Canelo Alvarez. But I still had Triple G winning that fight. And I think a lot of the fan base that was objective enough 
did see that fight similar that Triple G did win that fight. Oh right, and, I, uh, I, I mean I agree, but but one six, you and I scored it the same, and Larry yes, Hazard scored it the same as we did, yes. and so did Harold Letterman. We all scored yes. it one sixteen, one twelve. That's yes. eight rounds to four, right? That's Correct. Eight, that's eight rounds to four. So so a couple of those eight rounds clearly were close that we leaned towards Triple G for whatever our reasons were. But if you go the other way, you got to draw. You got to draw, definitely. So but the you don't fight, have 118 the, and 112. Yeah, I mean, we're talking two rounds. Uh, so so on our scorecards, which were one round, because uh, on, the, on the judge's scorecard, th there was a judge that had 115-113. So he had, you know, uh, um, one round would have made the difference for him to make it a draw. You know, two rounds would have made it a draw for us. So when you're talking about two rounds in a 12-round fight, that's a close fight. 116-112 is a close fight. There's no question about it. You know, the fact that Adelie Bird scored at 118-110, that's what everybody, it's a robbery, it's a travesty, it's, it is, ah, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. And, and everybody forgot the other two scorecards. You know, there's three that's judges. Right. Just because Adelie Bird was way off, because you can't, you can't possibly, I'm cool with, Eight rounds to four, but ten rounds to two, no way in hell. There's no way that Canelo won ten rounds in that fight. I mean, you know, no, whatever. No way. Whatever. No way. Anyway, no way. some of the other uh, uh, topics here in this email, uh, Anthony, uh, that uh, um, uh, Deontay Wilder said, he says, uh, if uh, Joshua knocks me out, if he, if Joshua can knock me out in three, basically he says, if Joshua can knock me out in three rounds, why are you guys stalling to fight me? This is this is Deontay Wilder claiming that Anthony Joshua is stalling to fight him, and wow. this is such a, a, a BS thing, Sal. And I'll tell you why. The main reason why Anthony Joshua didn't want to fight Deontay Wilder right now was one reason. One reason. And that's because he had made an agreement with his title, the IBF, that he had to fight Cuba Pulov. Pulov already stepped aside not once but twice, twice to avoid his mandatory position. So I think that Anthony Joshua is just owning up to what he owes, you know, uh, living up to what he owes or whatever. Um, the same cannot be said to Deontay Wilder. The ordered fight for Deontay Wilder was Luis Ortiz that the WBC all of a sudden said no, and now they're ordering Stavern, who himself had stepped aside from Deontay. So if anybody knows about stepping aside in the rules, it should be Deontay Wilder. Well, absolutely. And, uh, you know, those, those, hey, you speak from experience, and that's that's exactly what, what should be said and done. The other thing uh, that he said was that Joshua is either scared of Deontay or he's <laughs> doping, meaning that he's oh. on performance enhancing drugs. Now, I, see, this is oh. my point. This see, is I don't point. like the accusation. Yeah, yeah, that well, I well, do not like. No, and, and the thing, the thing is, is that you know, a lot of people have felt, and I'm not going to mention his name, but a lot of people have felt that when fighters point the finger to another fighter for cheating, doping, whatever. Generally, it's them that are cheating. It's them, and and the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, is Anthony Joshua is certainly not. I don't think there's a heavyweight pro out there today that's scared of Deontay Wilder. I think Deontay Wilder's team is scared of a lot of heavyweights 
to put in with their guy because they know that their guy has no chin and has yet to be really pummeled to the body. Um, you know, make the fight. You know, make the fight. If it was as easy as AJ saying, I want the fight, let's fight, it, the fight would have been made. There's too many politics, and most of them are on Deontay's side. True, and I give you that. I give you that one right there, pal. I just think that Deontay Wilder's team is overprotecting him. Hold that thought. I don't know how we got back to Deontay Wilder today. I was supposed to be talking about Chris Eubank Jr., but that's another story. I'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us. Don't forget, join me up at the Turning Stone on October 21st. I'm going to be ringside uh, watching the uh, HBO boxing event. Uh, the two main uh, guys I'm going to see is Jezreel Corrales and, of course, my man uh, Demetrius Andre, a, a guy that doesn't fight enough, in my opinion. So make sure you get tickets. Go to the Turning Stone box office and buy yourself some tickets. Demand a Billy C. discount. Or you can just visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the Turning Stone banner. Drop me an email, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Let me know where you're sitting, and I'll come and try and find you. Maybe we'll uh, have a scotch or two, you know. Um, you know, we're uh, talking about uh, Deontay Wilder again today, Sal, and uh, it's just, it's sad, you know. I, I, I wish, you know, Muhammad Ali was successful at, you know, using the mouth, you know, to, uh, to promote, but he did it in such a different manner than the way it's done today. And I, I find it hard to believe that the fan base it would fall for, for the kind of, you know, lame stuff that these guys say, like the words that come out of Wilder's mouth, that everybody's afraid of him, et cetera, et cetera. It's like that. Yeah, may cause some controversy, may may get some attention. But the bottom line is, you know, Bill ultimately he's got to put his money where his mouth is or his fists where his mouth is. And that's uh, that's what hopefully we'll be able to see. But uh, until that day, you know, we've got to listen to his lip and uh, and just uh, imagine what it would be like if he fought a real fighter. Yeah, well, I mean, we would uh, we would hope it it would be. Um, you know, I, I mean, that's what we're waiting to see, my man, you know. but I uh, mean, I want to see him fight Anthony Joshua just like you do. And that would be a telltale about where they each stand uh, respectively in, in the, the, the level, I mean, at their, that they're at. And, uh, you know, I am one that I don't think it's going to be an automatic KO for Anthony Joshua within three rounds. Uh, I'm not saying Deontay Wilder is going to beat Joshua. Uh, but I think he will do better than what uh, you uh, may anticipate uh, just because I, I think I think 
I don't think he. I don't think Deontay Wilder is all who he believes he is, but I don't think he is short uh, of what a lot of his fans. I don't think he's too short of what a lot of people hope he is. Well, all I, I think know, he's better than what, what. What I think we haven't seen the best Deontay Wilder because I, he hasn't challenged himself. That's I, what I'm trying to say. I. I. I think that Deontay Wilder has the tools. To yes. be a really good fighter, That's if what I'm if I was the manager of Deontay Wilder, uh, I would have now 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 this is me saying this without knowing what they've seen in the gym. They very well may have brought in some sparring partners that you know made them make some decisions about Deontay that we don't that I at least don't know about. Um, but if I'm the manager of Deontay Wilder or if I'm his promoter, which I very well could be, I mean, uh, you know, I'm licensed to do that, um, I would have wanted to increase his level of opposition a little more. Now, he's already got a belt, so theoretically he's a champion, and he shouldn't be cherry-picking opponents. He should be fighting mandatories or the biggest names out there. And, you know, he hasn't even done that. I, you could make an argument that the mandatory that he's fighting now in Stavern is the first. I, I, I can't recall of another mandatory that the WBC has made him fight. It was supposed to be Luis Ortiz. But uh, anyway, I, you know, it is what it is. You know, you're not going to get better if you don't fight better opposition. You're going to stay stagnant, and that's what's happened. And I do agree that he does have the tools. He's got a long reach. He's got a decent jab when he when he uses it. And, of course, he's got the punching power. And he's athletic. He's an athletic yes. guy. So, yes. I don't know. Programming Please. note, make sure you guys remember we are not doing a live show tomorrow, but we will be back on Wednesday. Our blast from the past is former uh, World Junior Flyweight Champion, Humberto Gonzalez. It was a request from one of our listeners. If you have a request for the blast from the past, just drop me an email. Billy at Talking Boxing. T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. Just remember, if you take the time to write an email, we'll take the time to read it and comment on it. On this day. Oh, you know what? We got, uh, let me, uh, let's do this. We got a uh, trivia question. Oh, uh, boy. We got a, I like we, that. We got a, uh, uh, a copy of the Title Bout Championship um, computer game uh, on the line. Um, I have a tough one. Uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is a, uh, 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 well, this one's a tough one. I'll tell you this. I'm ready. I'm ready. For what you. two famous actors once shared an apartment with the late great Jack Dempsey. What two famous actors shared an apartment with the late great Jack Dempsey? If you know this answer and you're the first one to email me, Billy at Talkin Boxing, T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. So uh, I, I know I did this. I'm not going to ask you your answer, Sal, because but, uh, I, you know, that's why I'm laughing. Because my can't answer no. is Jack Dempsey. He's yeah, I know, I know. I know. But I, I would I, guess Errol Flynn. Yeah. Well, Errol Flynn is a great answer, but uh, incorrect. Um, what two famous <laughs> actors once shared an apartment with Jack Dempsey? I suggest you go and look back at the era in which Jack Dempsey fought. 
And then look at the famous actors there. Good luck to everybody on that one. Email me the correct answer, Billy at Talking Boxing. T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. On this day in boxing history, October 9th, <laughs> Willie's, Willie in the chat room says, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau? Uh, no, no. Uh, on this day. Yes, that's about the same era. That's great. No, it's not the same era. Both of these are. What's in all your coffees? I want some. That would be a multiple odd want more. I want some of that. I want some of that. On this day, October 9th in 2004, Marcus Beyer knocks out Christian Savania in the sixth round to regain the WBC World Super Middleweight title, and that took place in Germany on this day in 2004. On this day in 2002, Salim uh, uh wins a 12-round decision over Asmo Sato uh, to win the WBA uh, World Junior Featherweight title. It took place in Tokyo, Japan. On this day in 1992, Alessio Julio wins a 12-round decision over Eddie Cook to win the WBA World Bantamweight title. It took place in Argentina. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. It took place in Cartagena, Colombia. Uh, on this day in 2000, Leo Gomez knocks out Hideki Todaka in the seventh round to win the WBA World Junior Bantamweight title, and that took place in Japan. On this day in 1939, Henry Armstrong knocks out Al Manfredo in the fourth round to retain his World Welterweight title, and that took place in Des Moines, Iowa. On this day in 1939. And finally, on this day, October 9th in 1915, Les Darcy knocks out Fred Dyer in the sixth round to retain his world middleweight title. And that took place at Sydney, Australia. I, I'm sorry. I was going to ask you. That took place at Sydney Stadium. And guess where that is? Sydney, Australia, of Australia. course. Australia. But uh, anyway, hey, man, that concludes our show uh, for uh, uh, today. So uh, make sure you and and guess what? If my man Boxer Hutch emails me the answer he just put in the uh, uh, chat room, uh, Billy at Talking Boxing T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Right now he's gonna find that he just won himself. A, and I never do this; I never give it away. But he might have found that he just won himself a copy of the title bout championship computer game because the guy knows his boxing. That's all I'm gonna say. Email me quickly before somebody reads it. Billy at Talking Boxing T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Hey, that concludes our show for today. Don't forget, we're not doing a live show tomorrow, but make sure you tune in Wednesday morning. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, ciao, baby.